Welcome to the Fully Delighted Podcast, a hopeful and helpful resource from South Mountain Community Church, a multi-site church in Utah. Each week, we will be hearing from our staff as we explore what makes SMCC unique, as well as what it means to be fully devoted and fully delighted in Jesus Christ. We hope this podcast can be a helpful resource for you to take your next step with Jesus. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fully Delighted Podcast. My name is Adam and I get to serve as the pastor of Central Ministries here at South Mount Community Church. And uh, we are in now episode two of our you know season 10 that we're in, uh, going through the book of Colossians. And uh, I've got Pastor Eric uh, here with me. We're, we're down one person today. Yeah, we're flying solo today. <laughs> flying solo. Pastor Trevor uh, had some other responsibilities, but um, really grateful that we have this opportunity to study Colossians 2. There's a few things we were unable to cover uh, in the Sunday message, but we'll do a little bit of review and then and then cover that. Um, and I think that'll provide some nice insight into this text and take it just a little bit deeper than uh, Sunday morning. So here we are. Yeah. I honestly always really like uh, second, like, second part of a series like after the intro because i feel like there's uh just like letters are these epistles uh there's just a lot to to get into you're kind of done with the introductions and now you're yeah you're doing something else now yeah yeah so. we're in, kind of into the meat of it if mm-hmm. you will and um it's only going to get more meaty as we go yeah uh colossians 3 um i finished writing that sermon um i was talking to my friend jeff today on the phone he said that's probably my favorite chapter in the entire bible it's very good and it really is the chapter that inspired uh authority identity activity but the order that identity comes before activity Colossians 3 gives us that. So that's next week mm. in, in the sermon. That's ne- next week on the podcast. So make sure you're, you're around for that. And then um, there's a hard turn from Colossians 3 to Ch- Colossians 4, which feels um, anticlimactic almost. Mm. It's like this beautiful expose of the gospel and identity in Christ. And then it like turns to these real practical relationships and it seems kind of anticlimactic, but the beauty there is how the gospel integrates into everyday life. And hmm. so I've, I've written that message, really excited. And then and then after that, we start this new series. that we, I don't know if we've talked about much. We haven't yet. But we are going to do a series called The Chosen. It's based on the show. We're going to show clips from the show and then preach the passage behind the scene. Yep. And so I think uh, the tagline of the series is the scripture behind the scene. Mm-hmm. And yep. um, we, uh, we're going to study that together. So that'll be a really fun summer series uh, for us. So yeah. really, really exciting things coming up. Yeah, we're not doing, like last year we did uh, Blockbuster. Yeah. And so now we're doing The Chosen. Yeah, a little different, <laughs> a little different. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about that. But uh, here we are, Colossians uh, Colossians 2. And also coming off the men's summer series, the women's summer series uh, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, we were in week two of that. I talked about what I call the seven dials um, mm-hmm. in terms of human sexuality and my, my desire was to coach the ability and the capacity to have sexual conversations in a marriage, which I think is a, a primary skill that couples need yeah. uh, to navigate changing seasons, uh, all the changes that um, marriage over the years, over the decades throws our way. And so mm-hmm. you got to have that ability. So we talked about that. So it's been a, it's been a fun uh, week and I'm yeah. excited for today's podcast. Yeah. So we're in Colossians chapter two. If you missed week one, you can go back. You can always check out uh, our messages on our uh, SMCC audio messages podcast or as well, we have them uploaded to YouTube too if you need to catch up. Yeah, and so just to kick us off, you know, we spent a lot of time in the first part of the message just describing the relationship everybody has with rules. Um, Mm -hmm. 
most of our lives, uh, rules have been for most of our lives, rules have been a part of it. Um, yeah. as kids that we're given rules and then as teenagers, we have a lot of rules and curfews and, um, boundaries and restrictions and all these things that yeah. seem like limitations to our behavior. And then we're adults and the rules seem to change. We can kind of make up our own rules and then people begin to follow Jesus. And if they grew up in religion, it's like, is this more rules? And so mm. rules are just this complex thing that we live with. And um, we wanted to make some sense of that because Colossians 2 addresses some of the rules because um, rules, when applied into religion, often become the focus of that religion and then it becomes bad faith. So that's yeah. that was at the heart of the message because that's at the heart of Colossians 2. It was happening in the first century. Yeah, I love, uh, especially living in a religious context, getting to talk about rules and... Um, yeah, I just thought this message was was helpful. Yeah, you grew up in, in religion. Did you grow up with any specific rules that, looking back, you laugh at now? I mean, there was the whole, like, I uh, couldn't play cards. That was a rule. Maybe yeah. no tattoos. What rules did you... Yeah. And, and are you a rule follower at heart or a rule breaker, Adam? No, I like rules. Yeah. I like clarity. I would have guessed that. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, you know, I think uh, there's actually... I've actually seen it pop up in uh, social media. There's people that talk about, if you were raised as a Christian in the nineties, that might've been the pinnacle of like rules. <laughs> yeah. Just like how to live and like just strain, you know, kind of just like things where it's like, I'm not sure why this was a rule, but it was, you know, it's, um, and I think people in that time were trying to do the best with what they have, but like, yeah, just different things with, um, <laughs> certain things like uh, Pokemon cards. Like oh, yeah. there's a concern over like, are you supposed to be using these or not? Are you inviting things in when yeah. you're using, uh, these types of things. Um, Harry Potter. Did you grow up like you couldn't watch Harry I, Potter? I couldn't read or watch Harry Potter growing up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, your so. parents go to SMCC now. Mm-hmm. Do you guys joke about those rules or just at the time it seemed like the wisest way to live? Yeah. What's the take on that? We, jo- we joke about it now. Um, yeah. I think it was parents who were, you know, trying to figure out yeah what was best, especially because my parents were essentially first generation evangelical Christians. Mm. So they were trying to figure it out too. Yeah. And, and really, I do think Christianity in the 90s was trying to figure out, uh, there's a lot of things going on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there were things like, you know, there's the joke of like, yeah, you couldn't watch R-rated movies unless it was like R-rated for violence. Yeah. Right? Like then that was okay all of a sudden <laughs> or something, something like that. You know, you know, yeah. Star, Wo- Star Wars was, you know, kosher. It's like, but wait, they're like, wait, why was Harry Potter not but star wars was like there's still this mystical force yeah. you know i don't know it's just like it's just funny yeah, it's, how you co- it's confusing I, yeah so i didn't grow up in much religion um my rules were like you know you could only have one twinkie a day you know like if you had two oh. you got busted you know like like i had rules like that in my yeah, <laughs> I, yeah there was like uh, rules around the chores and rules around allowance and and um so i did i grew up around some rules and yeah. uh you know it's, what's so interesting is that um and what's hard to communicate in a sermon like this is when you preach against rules which we did mm-hmm. it's like so are you guys just like anti any boundary anti any restriction anti any discipline and, and it's like no mm-hmm. you have to have a different word though than rule because rule just implies punishment if you fail or acceptance if you get mm-hmm. it right and that is opposite gospel you know what i mean so it's like what word do we use like god's law Mm -hmm. in the the book of like psalms is a light to my path a light to my feet like is that are god's laws rules 
Mm. Because they're guidance for how to live, but they're an invitation to joy. So we talked about anything in the Bible that's presented to us as instruction or guideline is an extension or an expression of God's heart, his character, and then an invitation for us to follow. Not a rule that we obey to be accepted, not a rule that if we disobey, we will be punished, but rather an invitation. Now, Mm -hmm. some could say, well, is sin a rule? Because we will be punished for our sin or Jesus was punished in our place. So how does that fall into it? So it gets a little bit complex. um, But at the end of the day, a rules keeping mentality is opposite a devotion and delight mentality. And that's what we wanted to clear up. Yeah, so I think what I hear you saying is uh, a lot of times when we think of rules in the context of faith and religion, we're thinking of transactional. Yep. So rules are, I follow them, so I get X, Y, Z. And then when I don't follow them, I also get X, Y, Z yeah. as a result of yep. that. Yeah. And then they become the main thing. Yeah. But at the at the best, on the best day, a rule is a shadow of something bigger and better. So, you know, a shadow has the shape of something and it's... It's um, based on the thing that's shining behind it, right? So in Christianity or in the, in the New Testament, in the Bible, when something's communicated as a boundary or something is out of bounds, um, if that boundary is based on God's word, it's a shadow of something very, very beautiful. Mm. And we want to be aware of that, but yeah. never turn to legalism where we take the boundary and make it the main thing in a legalistic way. Now, if the rule is not based on God's word, it's a death sentence Mm. and that that's it. So shadow at best death sentence at worst. And that's how the apostle Paul in Roman uh, Colossians two, excuse me, describes some of these, some of these um, things like they were helpful for a time, but they were just a shadow meaning. Yeah. They, 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 they might've been based in wisdom. Mm-hmm. And so back to your parents in the nineties, there might've been some wisdom around sure. that. Yeah. However, if it's picked up on as a rule, then it becomes kind of, kind of strange and more, it, it, it becomes something bigger than it ever should have been. Yeah. And we're back to transactions. So that's the, that's the complicated nature of a sermon like this. Um, but, but certainly the Bible says these behaviors are, encouraged you should live this way and you should not live this way but those are not transactional rules they're an invitation to joy yeah and that's the devotion and delight mentality the more devoted i am to him the more obedient i am the more holy i am uh the more joy i'll have in him and that's but that's not a rule i just don't want to call that a rule some people might say that's a rule based on how they define it but i just define that differently and i hope that's clear even today for the listener i like the uh, i like the idea of a shadow i mean that is something that is a little interspersed throughout um, scripture here and there. It's a, it's a representation, but you can't see the whole beauty behind it. Right, and totally. That, and that's that's and, it. And so. it's very uh, two dimensional without much. Yeah, yeah without much it's to it. Yeah. So the the wisdom around the Harry Potter thing, it wasn't all bad. Perhaps mm. there was an idea there that if you if you adopt this mystical or magical approach to your life Mm -hmm. as if reality is this way it could steer you away from jesus right now if you know it's just a movie and it's just fiction it's just fun then it doesn't Mm -hmm. right right so there might have been wisdom behind it um same with all the other purity culture things that Mm -hmm. you know were thrown at us like how to dress again tattoos like (laughs) i guess stating of a goodbye was part of that Uh, yeah, Uh, yeah yeah so all those things all those rules um 
could have been a shadow uh, or a representation of something more beautiful and better behind mm-hmm. it. The problem is people were unable to see it as a shadow. They saw it as the main thing. Sure. And totally. that's where, um, that's where we, we went astray. Have you ever seen, uh, talking about shadows, there's videos that I've seen. And also I've heard firsthand about this kids discovering their shadows. No, I haven't seen this. Oh, so I've seen on social media, kids reacting to like realizing their oh, shadow yeah. the first time. Lucy, so Trevor is not here. Yeah. His youngest Lucy had this phase not long ago. I'm stealing Trevor's story. I'm sure yeah. for an illustration someday, but uh, she was like afraid of her shadow. Like she'd all of a sudden notice it. Like they were mm-hmm. out on the walk and like freak out like this thing that she can't, can't get yeah. away from. Um, but uh, that just made me think of that. Sure. talking about shadows, the uh, little kids. Totally. It. Yeah. Totally. And so, you know, I'm sure back in the nineties, you asked this question all the time to your leaders, or your parents, um, or even just to yourself, like is blank sinful in the Bible? Does the Bible say blank is a sin? Mm-hmm. And like, everybody wants to know that, you know, I even got asked totally. that question last night mm-hmm. is blank a sin. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, there are some things that are always sinful. And there are some things that are sinful if they're used in an idolatrous way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, aren't always sinful if they're not used in an idolatrous way. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it's a little more complex than a black and white rule. But if you grew up in religion and a lot of people at SMCC did grow up in religion, they come here and we're like, what do you, you think? Is it, yeah. is it harmful for you? Is it harming? Mm-hmm. And this is how we pitched it. It's sinful if it's harmful. Is it harmful for you? Is it harmful for another? Is it harmful for God's reputation and his glory? Then yeah, it's sinful. And in Romans, it gives that to us. If it doesn't come from faith, it's sin. How, yes. As someone who grew up mm-hmm. in religion, how did that verse, because we covered that, and I promise we're going to get to Colossians 2 in a yeah, second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did that, how does that verse sit with you? It's Romans 14, 23. Yep. Mm-hmm. Everything that does not come from faith is sin. That's the Bible's answer to, is it a sin? Yeah. Does it yeah, come from yeah. faith? No? Then it's a sin. And it's like, oh my gosh, that well, messes with us. Yeah. And I think that that's why the analogy of a shadow works, is I think, honestly, it's a little bit hard um, for people who are thinking in a certain way to quite understand what that is um, mm-hmm. when you're talking about what Paul was saying to the, to, to the church in Rome, because it's not super definable, you know, quite mm-hmm. literally it's shadow is like black and white, you know, it's either yeah. darker, it's not. And it's very, very, very two dimensional. Yeah. It does not show depth or creases or anything that allows there to be, you know, something else to work with. And so, yeah. So when you hear what, what, what Paul's saying in Romans 14, um, yeah, it's like, there's not enough to work with off of this. Like what is this, you know, talking about? So it's, yeah. uh, it fits right in with that. But if we were sitting down and describing someone's trust in Jesus and then looking at a behavior in their life in about 10 minutes over coffee, you could figure out if this thing is helpful to their trust or harmful to their trust in Jesus Yeah, mm-hmm. and figure it out. So when I get asked the question, Hey pastor, is so-and-so a sin? Um, there are some things it's, it's obviously, yes, that's a sin <laughs> and you should stop. And that's what I said. <laughs> if it's harmful, stop, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Um, which of course, you know, we got to explain, well, what if I can't um, stop? And, and we can talk about that. But there's other people that would ask the question and say, is it sinful? And, and I would say, it depends. We have to have a conversation yeah, about this because totally. for some people, it's not an idolatrous thing that, that steals their allegiance from Jesus, but from other people, it, it, it can be. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And yeah. so that's why that's why it's just better. It's less black and white, but it is better because it gets to the heart of the matter. So we said you can follow Jesus, break God's heart. You can follow Jesus. And um, so, did I say that wrong? You can follow the rules <laughs> and break God's heart. Did I say that right? I don't know what you said the first okay. time. Okay. <laughs> Let me <laughs> say, say that right one more time. time. <laughs> you can follow all the rules that religion gave you and still break God's heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow all the rules that 
culture gave you and still not follow Jesus. Or you can follow Jesus and break some of the rules that culture and tradition and religion gave you. Mm-hmm. And because what God's after is much more than just the rule keeping mentality. And that's the heart of Colossians too. So with that in mind, let's, uh, let's get into it. There was a section that we didn't cover in the sermon that I want to, I want to okay. cover here and that's verses one through five. Let's, so okay. let's start with that. Yeah. So I've got uh, Colossians two pulled up and uh, in that first section, it says this, I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. Actually, let's just pause right there. This is really interesting. So the setup that we had last week is that um, to how the church in Colossae was started is Epaphras, who was discipled by Paul, went to Colossae and planted the church. And we said that Paul had heard of their reputation, but didn't know them personally. And we see that, we see that contextual clue right here. Yep. Now, Laodicea, Laodicea is an interesting city, an interesting church, comes up again in the Bible. It was only about nine miles away. So about the difference between the Lehigh campus and the South Jordan campus, sure. uh, or maybe Lehigh and Draper would be a better yeah. example. That was about the, the difference between um, Laodicea and Colossae. So probably Epaphras planted Colossae and planted in Laodicea as well, and uh, maybe traveled between, because once again, it was only nine miles. Mm. We also hear about Laodicea in um, the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter three. They're the church that was called lukewarm. And... Um, Man, we could study that, what was going on with the emperor at the time who made some decrees, and it seemed like the church in Laodicea maybe gave in in a way that was uh, inappropriate. And so um, John, who wrote the book of Revelation, had to had to call, call them out. And so they are included in Revelation. Um, but what's interesting is that the church in Colossae is not. And so as we talk about their reputation in Colossae, and Paul affirms their good reputation— it seems that they truly did maintain that as they were not addressed in the letter of Revelation that would have circulated to these churches in Asia Minor, which mm. is interesting. So Laodicea included again another church, and here Paul talks about them kind of in the same in the same vein um, as if they knew each other, perhaps partner churches, kind of like a multi-site thing. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. Cool. Uh, it continues on in verse 2. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasure of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is is yeah so what a great report i mean this is who they are they're firm in christ um they're disciplined in in how they live how they love how they approach their faith so paul's really really encouraged you know and so he talks about the mystery of god namely christ he's not he's not trying to say i have i have this secret knowledge and you got to do this and this to get it he's just saying look um the goodness of god is is best seen in um well, the goodness of God has been revealed to us fully in Jesus, mm. and um, and now we can know we can know Him uh, and treasure Him. So I think that's kind of how this section sets up. But we see contextually, um, we see contextually that stuff was beginning to creep into the church. Um, we see it there uh, with the phrase "fine sounding arguments." No. So there's these people that are coming in, putting together some fine sounding arguments that are perhaps beginning to lead people astray. And Epaphras was experiencing it, these other ideas that were contrary to the message of Jesus. And in Colossians 2, he's going to address that. And it seems that those ideas are connected 
to people who said they had extra special spiritual experiences, hmm. extra special spiritual experience, because I, I had this extra special spiritual experience. I'm extra special. I need to follow my rules now. That's at the heart of Colossians 2, which, by the way, is how most world religions have been started. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Mormonism, Islam, and others mm-hmm. are one leader who said they had an extra special spiritual experience, put out a new text, mm-hmm. follow my rules now. Yep. Extra special spiritual experience that contributed to that. Whereas Christianity is not that at all, mm. right? So anyways, I think that gives us a sense of the problem that was growing in Colossae, and that's where chapter two goes next. So let's, let's yeah. hit it. You want to yeah. read it for us? Yeah, I can do, wow. We've got a big section here. You can kind of just tell me where you want to stop. But I'll continue in verse six. It says, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. Yeah, let's go ahead and stop there. So we start to see Paul color in the lines a little bit more with the problem. So earlier we saw it as fine sounding arguments. And this is how this is how we build context, by the way. What's being repeated? Mm. What can we infer from the text about the context? Yeah. And so you got fine sounding arguments. And then here again, you have um, hollow and deceptive philosophy, which is built on what? Well, human tradition mm-hmm. and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, which could mean one of two things. Could mean um, actual spiritual beings who are lying to us, or it mm-hmm. could mean just the cultural thinking of the day that is basic and opposed to Jesus. And it's mm-hmm. probably a little bit of both, actually. Um, which is in contrast to the faith as you were taught, the faith as you were taught. That is the defined message of Christianity taught to them by Epaphras. That is what they need to continue in and not be lured astray by fine sounding, hollow and deceptive Mm -hmm. philosophies that are based on common cultural ideas. So we're going to beat one of those up this weekend in the message. So there's this phrase that gets used all the time. And when we say it, it has good intentions. In fact, it's in the show Bluey. Adam, you don't have kids yet, but have you heard no, of Bluey? No, it's Disney though. It's the dog, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like this Australian show Bluey. I think so, yeah. Well, there's yeah. a phrase that we've all said, just be yourself. Just mm. be yourself. Sounds like a fine sounding argument. Sounds like helpful philosophy. Just be yourself. What we mean usually is be authentic. Don't put on airs. Mm. Um, be vulnerable. Be humble. Just be yourself. However, if you push on that phrase for just 30 seconds, you discover what version of myself is myself. What is my true self? <laughs> okay. Let's not be pulled into an identity formation process that's connected to culture that leaves us more confused than mm-hmm. we already were. So when you say just be yourself, I've been asking my kids this question, who is yourself? Mm. They, they're like, well, I don't know. I was just told to be myself. So I'm trying to find an example in our day and age of some type of philosophy or thinking that actually isn't very helpful and is kind of deceptive. Just mm-hmm. be yourself, I think, is it more deceptive than we realize. Sure. Uh, another one would be like love is love. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what that means, but I've heard it a lot and people yeah. love it. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah, love yeah. the phrase love is love. Yep. We could go on and on and on with these phrases 
that seem very cultural, Mm -hmm. but actually leave us more confused and not built up in Jesus. And so there were those ideas in the first century. This is what Paul is speaking to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even just on a simple level, I was thinking about this as you were reading the, as we were reading this verses six through eight, which is what we were just discussing. It's a little bit of a simple um, chiasm just -hmm. to help push that forward. Talking about how there's, you know, hey, we received Jesus. Yep. Okay, we're talking about this. We get to verse eight. See to it that no one takes you captive. So he's, you know, repeating something from yep. before again and then landing on, um, you know, you're depending on this rather than on Christ. So he's yep. just really emphasizing like, it's Christ. We're not, we don't, all these yeah. external pieces, I'm trying to make sure that you understand, yeah. aren't uh, a, needed. <laughs> a chiasm, I was just dropping some bombs on you listeners if you don't know what a chiasm is. A, a chiasm, oh, it's been such a long time since I studied this, <laughs> is based on the Greek letter that looks like an X. Correct me if I'm wrong. See, I don't even remember that much detail. Yeah, I just remember the yeah. format. And an X has, you know, a wide point, a middle point, and then a wide point again right. on the other side. Um, and uh, that's what Paul's doing. It's kind of a sandwich. It's kind mm-hmm. of like a, uh, a theological sandwich here. There's this big idea. This is the idea at the middle, and therefore it flows out to this idea that mm-hmm. connects to the idea at the top. So that's a that's a chiasm. Yep, yep. That's what he's doing. He does that a lot. So now we'll continue in verse nine, essentially. Mm-hmm. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Yeah, so let's hit this real quick. So what we're going to see is that people are saying, I had an extra special spiritual experience. Verse 9 is in Jesus, because of who he is, you need nothing more, Mm y'all fullness. You've been brought to fullness. There is no extra special experience that you need on the other side of Jesus. Now he is everything. Jesus plus nothing equals sufficient. That was last week's sermon. Right. And so he does this dive into Jesus's preeminence, which we covered last week in the podcast. We don't need to cover it again here to make that point. The false teaching that was beginning to work its way in, um, based on human tradition, philosophy, or fine sounding arguments was, you need to have another extra special experience, which shows up today, unfortunately, in sometimes Pentecostal churches and Pentecostal experiences. It's like you mm-hmm. follow Jesus, great, but now you need to have this extra special experience, often demonstrated mm. by the speaking of in tongues. Um, and Paul here says, you don't need any extra special experience. Jesus is all that you need. That's kind of yeah. what he's saying, yeah. but he's doing it with the most powerful words he has to make to make that point. Um, and then, of course, he talks about we were ruled by our flesh and our desires, but when you followed Jesus, you were ruled by him now. That, so that's where the ruler. circumcision comes in? Yeah, that's why yeah. bringing that up? Yeah, circumcision was a, a physical cutting away. Now, this is interesting. Based on human tradition, Judaism brought circumcision into Christianity and said, you still need to follow this practice. You need to follow this tradition mm-hmm. if you're going to be a Christian. You got to become Jewish in this way to become a Christian. You got to get circumcised. And, and what Paul's going to say, he's kind. He says that was a shadow of. There was value to that for a while, which we know from the Old Testament. Um, and so uh, Paul's saying, look, if they're trying to push that tradition on you, let me tell you what's actually been cut away. Mm. It's your flesh. flesh. 
but by flesh, it's your sinful nature. Yeah. Um, it was a shadow of yep, something greater. It was a shadow of something greater. The greater thing is here now, so we don't follow that rule anymore. Mm. And if you go back to the rule keeping, once the great thing is here, you're actually minimizing Jesus. Mm. And that's how Colossians 2 is structured. I hope that people um, can really begin to see that. It's, it's beautiful. And when we read it, it's like, why is he introducing these crazy themes? Well, these crazy themes were built, were, were, were a part of the culture already because of the traditions and the rules that were beginning to encroach on the Colossians' faith. Right. Make right. sense? Mm-hmm. All right, let's keep going. So verse uh, 13, when you were dead in your sins and in the circum- uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Yeah, that's, that's just a picture of the gospel, and yeah. it's fantastic. So if the gospel is true, if this is what has truly happened, then why would you ever go back to a rule-keeping mentality? That's mm. the... That's the hinge in the chapter that's so, so powerful. So that's what he's saying. He's saying, hey, Colossians, and even today, you know, I meet people who are, you know, all in on the gospel for a season, then go back to a different worldview or a different Mm -hmm. explanation of reality or go back to a different approach. And I just want to say to them, like the Apostle Paul is saying here, like, why would you go back to that? Mm -hmm. Why would you go back to that way of life? And and that's what Paul is challenging the Colossians not to do. Mm -hmm. So let's get into that now. Yeah. So verse 16, therefore do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration or a Sabbath day. Yeah. So we could, we could pause right there. I was, um, I was struck by something interesting. Let me see if I can pull this off quickly on the fly. I don't have this bookmarked. I'm reading in uh, Isaiah in my quiet time and moment of vulnerability. I spent a lot more time reading the New Testament than the Old Testament, so I've been me too. I've been <laughs> convicted by that um, lately. But I was reading in Isaiah, and in Isaiah chapter 1, um, Isaiah is describing the rebellious nature of the nation of Israel. Mm-hmm. And he's describing what God will do, but he's describing hope as well. And I found this so interesting. Um, in verse 11 through four, 14, I wanted to read this from Isaiah. Because I think Paul, and this is the clue that Paul is speaking into um, the influence of Judaism in Colossae. So when we read New Moon, Religious Festival, Sabbath Days, we're like, okay, that's not what's creeping in on my faith, you know, big (laughs) deal. But these were very important markers in the Jewish faith. And so in Mm -hmm. Isaiah, we, we see that called out. So verse 11 of Isaiah 1, the multitude of your sacrifices, what are they to me, says the Lord? I have more than enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fattened animals. I have no pleasure in the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. To which we're like, but God, didn't you set that up? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They are a picture, a representation of the main thing. Mm -hmm. But you've turned those into the rules and you've missed sight of me, the main thing. And and Jesus called that out in Matthew, I think 23, when he says you strain out the the gnat but swallow the camel. Like Mm -hmm. you you hyper-focus on the small thing and you're missing the big thing to begin with. And then verse 12 when you come to appear before me, who has asked this of you, this trampling of my court? Stop bringing me meaningless offerings. That's Isaiah 1. And he says this, your incense is detestable to me. New moons, Sabbaths, and convocations, I cannot bear your worthless assemblies. Your new moon feasts and your appointed festivals. 
I hate with all my being. They have become a burden to me. I'm weary of bearing of bearing them. He's saying, look, you've hyper-focused on the rules, and now this is not worship at all. Yeah. And so when Paul in Colossians 2 talks about a religious festival, we, we read that mm-hmm. in Isaiah, New Moon, we read that in Isaiah, well, and, Sabbath, and Sabbath day, um, we saw that in Isaiah. We know that it was the rules and traditions of Judaism creeping in on the church in Colossae. And Paul says, look, if you've stepped away from those because you're following Jesus now, don't let anyone suck you back into those hmm. going forward. And that's what seems to have been happening. Yeah. So this just popped into my mind and I think this is helpful. Have you, Eric, have you and your family visited Washington DC before? Yeah. Okay. Oh wait, no, sorry. I've seen, I think I know what you're going to say. Okay. We haven't been there, but we're planning on trying okay. to get there. Okay. Yeah. I have, we have a friend that lives out there. So cool. I was thinking about, cause verse 17 is going to kind of sum up this chapter in one verse essentially, but I went there when I was 10 years old with my family and we visited all the normal landmarks that, that you would want to go to in Washington, D.C., one of them being the Washington Monument. Mm-hmm. Just imagine how strange and not helpful it would be if we like went to Washington, D.C., we go to the Washington Monument and we stand there in the middle of the day and we're like, wow, look at the shadow that yeah. this produces. Look how yeah. big the shadow is. The shadow is like 100 yards long. Yeah, take like, a picture with the shadow. Take a picture with the shadow. Like there's something way greater and and magnificent yep. to to adore than the shadow that's being cast from yep. it perfect read verse 17 with that in yep. mind here we go verse 17 is these are a shadow of the things that were to come yeah let's just stop right there paul's being respectful he's saying look those those were a representation they were preparing us for what's to come they were getting us ready to appreciate jesus for all that he is mm-hmm. let's not make them the rules that have to continue yeah so the second part of that shirt, uh, that verse is the reality, however, is found in Christ. There we go. And here's something that I think is helpful um, as we're talking about ba- our bad faith series and thinking about religion as well. Man, religion, and you talked about uh, Mormonism or Islam or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's pretty clear in scripture that everything is pointing towards Christ. Mm-hmm. And then Paul and these people, and everybody's saying, okay, now Christ has come. Okay, there we go. Mm-hmm. And then all these religions then backtrack. Yep. It's like, it's just so strange. It's like, okay, so Christ, okay, everything's found in Christ. These were a shadow of things that come. Christ is here, sacrifice on the cross, blah, blah, blah. And then some hundred years, you know, how many hundred years later? Okay, JK, no, we need, now we need, okay. <laughs> we need a little bit more. We need a little bit more. Yeah. It's like, wait, is, what the? What? And, and that's why the equation from last week, Jesus plus what equals sufficient for you is so helpful. I mean, most of the New Testament is built around the Jesus piece, who is he? The blank piece of what's getting added in, and then the sufficiency piece. Why is this all that you need? Hmm. And if you just have that equation in mind as you read the the New Testament, you will be able to make sense of of what's going on. Hmm. And so in Colossae, it was Jesus plus some spiritual experiences, a couple of new fresh ideas, and now you have all that you need. And Paul's going, no, 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 no. That's not how this works. Hmm. Because when you add something to the equation you would take away from Jesus. And yep. so that's what Paul's doing here. I mean, that's the heart of the letter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, let's read through 18 through uh, 19 here. Mm-hmm. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. They are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual mind. They have lost connection with the head from whom the whole body supported and held together by its ligaments 
and sinews. Whoa. Sinews. Goodness. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, didn't, me up there. <laughs> I didn't pay attention to anatomy. I don't know what sinews. they are. I just know how to say it. <laughs> Grows as God causes it to grow. Yeah, this is an important, important section. So here's where we see the, the who delights in false humility and the worship of angels. So the worship of angels is like, hey, you know what? We, we There's other things to be worshipped. I've had some special experiences with angels. Mm. And those people are disqualifying you because they're saying you're not enough. You're not good enough. You haven't had these experiences. You're not yep. worshiping the angels like we are. You're not following our rules. And so now you're disqualified. And um, so clearly that, that was happening. And he says, can I tell you what's really going on with those people? Yeah. They just are puffed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They love themselves. They love to listen about it, talk about it, wax eloquently about it because it gives them a sense of power or validation. Makes them feel good. But really, they've lost connection with Jesus and his church. Mm-hmm. They've lost connection with community. And um, Jesus is the head of the church. And they've lost connection with him. And that's that's sad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And But that's what, that's what he's describing here in verse 19. Sinew, by the way, is a piece of tough, fibrous tissue uniting muscle to bone. There you go. So makes sense. I like it. <laughs> All right, let's take us 20 to the end, Jonesy. Uh, it says, since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules, which have to do with things that are all destined to perish with use, are based on merely human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. He's just saying, look, these boundaries um, are they they um, they're they're limited. They're not rules are not powerful enough to change the human heart. They're not powerful enough to produce a discipline in your life. They're going to pass away someday, anyways. They might look incredibly wise, but the second they become something that um, gets in the way of you following Jesus, then um, then they become incredibly unhelpful. So don't go back to them. Mm. And, and once again, you know, people talk about, well, what was the false teaching in Colossae? The do not taste, do not touch, um, do not handle seems to be going back to some of the, the Jewish traditions around food laws and things mm-hmm. like that. So... Um, Anyways, yeah, Paul's just saying, why would you ever go back to that since you've been made alive in Jesus? Don't go back to the rules because mm. they can't save you, change you, transform you, all yeah. that. And so that's how this, that's how Colossians 2 is, uh, is structured. And so then in Colossians 3, it turns into, so why don't you set your, set your heart on things above, set your heart and your mind on Jesus himself. That's what we focus on, not the rules. <clears throat> yeah, and if you are you know, listening to this and you're thinking that... Um, I mean, dealing with the gospel in a religious context might be something new or something just in particular here. I mean, this is literally exactly what was happening, what Paul's speaking to back and forth here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, there's just this gravitational pull in religion and spirituality to be pulled to extra special experiences and extra rules to put it all together. And I Mm -hmm. think at the heart of that, the reason for that is that um, humans are grasping for power Mm-hmm. And humans are grasping for s- the ability to save themselves. And if you can accomplish the rules, it gives you a sense that you're saving yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you can have an extra special uh, spiritual experience, um, it affirms you. And and mm-hmm. I just think religion has that gravitational pull, which is in contrast to faith, in contrast to trust, which is I trust Jesus because of who he is. 
and um, it, it's great to have um, powerful experiences as I worship him. I don't need any extra thing. I don't need any extra special experience to know that he's worth following. Mm. And um, there are no rules that I could obey to be accepted by him because I already am accepted. Therefore I want to obey Mm. and whatever that obedience looks like going forward, boundaries, restrictions, discipline, which I have a lot of that in my life. They are just not rules on top of Jesus. They are my obedience to what Jesus has, you know, invited me into. And um, knowing that if he made me, he knows what's best for me. And that those, those ways of living are actually connected to my joy. And that's where full devotion and full delight comes in. So we're forever free from a rule-keeping mentality. Wow. Not free from obedience to him, but free from a rule-keeping mentality. Invited mm-hmm. into full devotion to him, mm-hmm. knowing that delight's on the other side. So yeah. this section of Colossians chapter 2 and 3 is really near and dear to our heart at SMCC, really yeah. in alignment with our FDFD mission. Yeah, we're free from... The tally marking, I imagine like a, what is it, an abacus? That yeah. like old calculator, you're constantly like tallying things up. Yep. And it's like, ah, and I didn't do this. I pushed that to that side. I did do this, pushed yep. that to that side. And this happened good to me. And it's because I did good things. And, and this bad thing happened to me because I broke the yep. rules. And we're free from that. Yep. I'm, yeah, there's no, there's no way that uh, you can qualify for salvation. Um, and then what he's saying is like, you're not disqualified from his grace either. And a rules-keeping mentality Mm. um, gets both of those things wrong. Yeah, very cool. Well, we're going to wrap up for today with week two in Colossians. We'll be back uh, next week for week three, and we'll continue in our Bad Faith series. Hopefully Trevor will be back. Yeah, thanks for listening, (laughs) everybody. We'll see you then. See you then. Thanks again for joining us for the Fully Delighted Podcast. If you enjoyed this hopeful and helpful resource, We'd love to have you leave us a review or share an episode with a friend. For more information about SMCC, please visit us at our website at smccutah.org. Thank you for trusting us with your time, and we look forward to having you back again soon.